back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. And this week we're talking about what it's like to redefine wellness. Yes. With the founder of wellness brand Well Damn. Morgan Lindsay. Yes, we're going to talk about our definitions of self-care and wellness and what it means to us and some of our favorite wellness practices and how to balance multiple ambitions like I think both of us have. Yes, and I think a lot of people now are they're juggling a lot. So we're going to get into that with her, but first let's introduce the drink oh, of the yes. day. What are we drinking today, Nat? We are drinking the Chateau Saint-Michel 2019 Riesling from Columbia Valley. <gasps> Y'all know? We love, love a Riesling. Riesling. We love a Riesling. Okay, love a Riesling. Let's take a little sippy mm-hmm. of this Riesling. And this particular Riesling, Ooh. you might not like to know that it just comes from your local Albertsons <gasps> or wherever you get it's just a grocery store Riesling. We'll save our review for the end of the episode, but uh, it's mm. exciting nonetheless. Mm-hmm. We love a Riesling. Mm-hmm. Um, but now what I've been really excited about lately, and I also want to just publicly thank you for, is I have a new nighttime routine Ooh. that I think is in large part to you. Oh my gosh, let me hear about it. Well, um, I now have a set time, a set bedtime, which I've never had before. I used to just go to sleep when I was tired. No, no, no. You cannot. So I have a set bedtime now, and then I also have an hour before my bedtime, a set phone off time. Yes. So I don't look at my phone for an hour before bed, and I read in bed now, and I don't have my phone in my bedroom. It charges. How nice is it? Oh my God. It's It's so nice. It is so, I mean, speaking of wildness and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that it's honestly changed my life. And I have an alarm clock now that wakes me up because I was like, how am I going to wake up without my phone in my room? Yes. And it's, and it's nice too because you don't, when your alarm is not on your phone, you don't just like immediately grab your phone and then scroll, scroll, scroll. Yes. Yes. Look at text, look at text, look at text. Yeah, email. I do it all. So now mm-hmm. I have this whole in the morning. I don't look at my phone until nine. I go on a walk, <gasps> yes. I meditate, and then I look at my phone and answer emails at nine. And it's, it's so much better. So right? much better. Oh and in large part to you. Just wanted to thank you publicly oh, on the podcast. Well, I'm so glad. And anybody that's listening, let us be the examples that it really does. It, it's, it makes a world of difference. It's possible. I will link in the show notes the alarm clock that I bought on Amazon if you're feeling like you need a little guidance. Yes, and you know Corinne loves to link <laughs> stuff in show notes. Okay, wait, now, but I know you're also dying to tell me a story that I've never heard before and you... Yes. Okay, so the other day <laughs> I I met... So Corinne and I, we talk on Snapchat like all day long. We just send videos back and forth <laughs> constantly. We're probably the only... We've probably mentioned it before, but yeah. we're, we might be the only people on Snapchat. But... I was thinking about how it occurred to me a few nights ago because I also was just laying in bed without my phone (laughs) and pondering. And I thought to myself, I think I was legally kidnapped. Okay. Yeah. We need, we need context. Yes. So here's what happened. I didn't feel like I was in danger. Yeah. But like in terms of legality, I think it might've been a kidnapping. Oh God. Okay. So here's what happened. I was in probably fourth (laughs) grade Mm -hmm. and my school at the end of the year, every June would do a father's day field trip. Okay. And we would go to the Giants game or the A's game because I'm from the Bay. So my dad 
wasn't there for whatever reason. So I went with this girl and her dad. Super fun. We were were going into Oakland and we were going to the A's game. And I remember the dad went, do you guys want to go to this game? And we were like, no. And he was like, do you just want to like go into San Francisco and like go to Alcatraz or something? And we said, yes. So we just literally did not go. He took us to Alcatraz. We never went to this game. We were gone the whole day. And I'm like, I don't think he was allowed to do that. He probably definitely was. I don't know if you were kidnapped. No, but, but like legal. So he didn't call and ask. He didn't tell anybody. But your parents knew you were with him. No, they didn't. They just knew I went to school. And then I went. You know oh, how like. Oh, you just went with him. You remember him. on field trips, you, you didn't pick who you. You were either on a bus or you were in somebody's car. Oh, but you never okay. Chose. So like it wasn't like you you pre had asked your parents like, oh, I'm going with, no. you know, Rachel's dad. No, no, no. It was like all the kids whose dads weren't there, they just put you in a different yeah, car so to go to the A's game. off with some man. I was off with some man on a literal island in San Francisco <laughs> you know, it's for so, a whole day. But and that's back in the time when we didn't have phones. Like yeah. my, my sisters have phones. Like they, like you just were didn't. out there by yourself. Yeah. And like he didn't call my parents and say like, hey, like they don't want to go. No. He just literally took us, and and I don't remember like how I got home. Oh, Very God. weird. So then I was sitting there, and I thought, was that legal? Probably not. I don't think it was. And I think it. I mean, like by the book, may have been a kidnapping. It might have been. So hey, that was my story about the time I was supposed to go to the A's game, and I ended up at Alcatraz. But you know what? I remember it fondly. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Well, at least it was a fun kidnapping. Yeah. Fun kidnapping. <laughs> okay, well. So anyways. <laughs> let's transition into our topic, which is well-being, which... Um, huge diversion. Huge diversion, but it <laughs> is important nonetheless. So wait, Nat, do you want to share why we chose this topic? Yes, as a complete, complete <laughs> aside. We chose this topic because wellness right now... Also, Corinne and I, like, we love... We, yeah. lo- we love wellness. We love all the practices. We love all the woo-woo shit. We love all of it. But it is kind of like a big buzzword, and it often gets really misconstrued through social media and just like the media actually in general. And so this this past, you know, year and a half has been really hard on every single person on this entire planet. And we all want more wellness in our lives, but maybe we we feel a little intimidated by the culture of it. Yeah. Um, And so we really wanted to talk about how it's not so intimidating and it's not very exclusive, you know? No, yeah, yeah. And I think Morgan, our guest, is such a great advocate for it not being exclusive. Mm -hmm. So Morgan is a BIPOC female founder, host and producer, and fierce advocate for next-gen wellness. Morgan launched WellDam in 2017 as a multi-platform brand to advance wellness and empowerment through and across media, arts, and culture. She is also the host of her own podcast, Well Damn, which I'm actually on an episode, mm-hmm. uh, where, she, where she sparks conversations rooted in wellness. So she's she's kind of the perfect gal to the talk about this. Yes. So, so let's let's bring her on. Let's bring her on. Hello, Morgan. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. This is the highlight of my day for sure, just being able to chill out and connect with friends versus just yes. being a vortex of what is going on with the world in my life. So yeah. <laughs> I know. It's it's a good break from all of the uh 
the spiraling. I think that we're all so used to constantly being in, but I'm super excited to have you on. I was just on your podcast and Mm -hmm. we've kind of like been, I feel like orbiting each other for so long. And then we were basically put on a date together with our mutual friend, Anna, (laughs) and haven't been able to connect really since. And, And now I feel like we're just now getting to know each other and we're very, very similar. <laughs> yeah. Even down to the astrology. I know. Right. But, but what's really cool about what you do and me and Nat kind of had to really read up on you and started <laughs> like stalking your Instagram yes. and reading your bio. Oh, that's so nice to hear. That's uh, my we dream. Were... Now if I can only get a guy to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, we were really deep in the Morgan Lindsay world and we were just so impressed by everything that you're doing. And we were looking at, you know, all your posts and we're like, wow, we're so aligned with, with, the things that you stand for, but one of them being you're in this wellness space. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to ask you, because you're so passionate about talking about wellness and creating these wellness themed activations is what is your relationship to the word self-care? Because for me, I feel like I've now grown to it being like a trigger it's word. Like bu- <laughs> yeah, it's such a buzzword. I'm like, ah, there's gotta be a better word. Yeah. I feel, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I've started to step away more from the word self-care and more into the word wellness, but what's your relationship to the word self-care? Does it bump you? Does it serve you? Do you feel like it's fitting or how yeah. you, how you use self-care? I, I yeah, 100% self-care and wellness, both are a bit of trigger words to me at this point, just because they just feel like marketing buzzwords. Yes. And that just doesn't ever sit right with me. I'm like, okay, so now it's something that you're selling to me and do I actually want it? Yeah. Um, but I do think coming back to what those words are supposed to mean authentically, the root of them, and that's something that's from within. It's not something that you, it's not external. You can't purchase it. You can't buy a face mask. And all of a sudden I've, I've done self-care. I, the intention of you taking time for yourself is the self-care, but the product itself is, is not the self-care. So yes. that definitely does trigger me when I get promoted ads for the latest skincare products or um, the app that'll change your life. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like actually shopping and the effect on my bank account probably is not <laughs> going to do anything for my mental health, but thank you. Yes. But for me, self-care is really, it it goes against everything that it's being promoted as. It's actually taking, stripping away all the things that I think that I need that aren't readily found within me, which is being able to ground myself, center myself, to find the courage that I need to take on a challenge, to Mm. be able to face fear head on, and also to just have that what is the word that I'm looking for? It, it, it really is being able to tap back into my own inner essence that no one or nothing can give me. And that's wow. the ultimate self-care and well-being. And it's really, really hard to walk around and be like, oh, I'm here to advocate for well-being and mental health and self-care and all these things as if like I, me saying something can change it for you or hand it to you because I really do believe that it's internal, it's inside mm, and it's up yeah. to us to invest and take the time and figure out what works for us. Most importantly, what what is authentic to how our brains and our minds and our hearts work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, in a very roundabout long way, (laughs) self-care for me is, is internal. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such a good, a good point because it really does get down to, and especially with like, like you were saying with your own authenticity, like 
everybody's version of self-care can be a little bit, a little bit different. Yeah. Even, you know, Corinne and I even have maybe different ways that we have to figure out our own self-care and, and tend to our own well-being as you were saying. And- yeah. And I think I, I hadn't figured out why that word was triggering to me. And then you, it makes sense that, yeah, it's become this thing that's Sales. like a product and it feels like people yeah. are crying on your need for self-care, yes. which feels like intrusive and invading. And so it's I think- Manipulative as well. Right, right. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yuck. Exactly. And so like I was a healthy relationship, but it already feels like it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are both wellness- junkies, which is another buzzword, but we really are. (laughs) And do you remember sort of when you began your journey or like, was there a specific thing that kind of kicked it off that you thought like, Ooh, I'm I'm into this. Yeah. You know, I am really lucky that I grew up in a household where there was Deepak Chopra books, just (laughs) (laughs) so kind of was ingrained this openness and the encouragement to be more self-exploratory. Mm-hmm. And also I just come from a really diverse family. So there were so many different mindsets coming in and ways of being. My mom always encouraged me to go and explore my friends who are also just like mini United Nations in their own right, to go to their places of worship or where they find their connection to something greater than themselves or the hobbies that they're interested in. And I think, although it sounds not related, but having the exposure to other ways of being, other ways of thinking, other ways of tapping into spirituality and well-being, even when it comes down to different types of foods, Mm -hmm. that that really affirmed for me that there isn't just one way. Like you can't just sell me a product that's one size fits all. I know, I have known from a a young age that my self-fulfillment and uh, me feeling good and grounded in myself is something that is really, really specific and and requires my own investment. And so it, it's a lifelong journey. <laughs> Ultimately, like it really has been something that's interested me from a, an early age. And I think it started with curiosity and that curiosity then kind of filtered into, okay, well, it's so interesting how other people uh, live life and, and how that fulfills them, but what's going to fulfill me and mm. kind of taking bits and pieces from the things that I would experience along the way has kind of been my well-being journey, even if I wasn't aware of it. And then in 2016, I had a freak accident where I lost mobility of my left elbow, which essentially means that I can't move my arm because the oh, joint wow. to, to do all the things. Yeah. And it was at a time where I was already questioning the work that I was doing. Mm-hmm. It came to you know, hosting and on camera. I love talking to people. I love conversations. I love, you know, being a part of productions, but there was always the little me that wanted to make an impact, wanted to have impactful mm. conversations. And I found that all of the most impactful conversations were always off camera and would never, ever make air, or they would never like make it on the webpage of mm-hmm. this big brand or media outlet. And that had been an internal struggle for a while, but you know, you do the work and you show up and you keep going and, and you kind of just put it off into the back pocket. The voice just got louder and louder and louder. Like this isn't fulfilling you. This isn't, this isn't the thing. 
And yeah. I actually did a whole episode on my own podcast called what happens when the dream is no longer the dream because hosting and being in entertainment was my dream for a long time. And I was really lucky to start it younger as a child because my mom was a costumer and it kind of just fell into it. Oh, so it's yeah. like a natural part of life. And then it was like, oh, well, here's something else that I like to do after I went to school for broadcast journalism that, oh, this kind of merges both those worlds. And then so for the longest time, I just thought, oh yeah, this is the dream. But then there was another dream that was emerging and it's like, oh, okay, well, I, I don't know what to do now. This is kind of my identity and, and who I thought I was and where I was going. Yeah. So I definitely did not want to listen to it. But back to the freak accident, it happened. And then that gave me a year of quiet time. Of yeah, it kind of forced rehab. you. Yeah, It forced me to because there's no way that you could audition or be on camera with a left arm that doesn't work. Yeah, It just was not possible. So as I was going through this process of healing and doing physical therapy, I just started listening to a bunch of podcasts about you know the power of the mind and self-healing and well-being and also mental health because I definitely was slipping into more anxiety and depression and all those mm -hmm. feelings when you kind of feel like you've messed up, even if you didn't create the circumstances yeah. that ha have led you into this predicament. So that became a thing. And I think that that was probably the real awakening of well-being for me. It, it moved it from just like a passive thing that's always been a part of my world to, oh, this is a really strong focus for me. And I, I find this important um, first because I felt like I need to heal myself physically. Mm -hmm. And then there was the other part with, I need to come to terms with, I am kind of at this impasse where I love the world that I'm in, but I need more and I need to be doing more. I didn't feel like I was, I wasn't really fully expressing who I. Yeah. Yeah. Or like so, aligned with your purpose. Yes. Yeah. I, I wasn't in alignment with my purpose. So yeah, that, that kicked off the wellness journey for me. And then after listening to a million and one podcasts, I was speaking to a friend and they're like, you know, you've just been talking about all this wellness and well-being. And we've always known that you're into this, but it just seems like maybe you should be sharing this on some type of platform. Probably they were fed up with hearing me tell them this all the time. It definitely, it, it planted a seed. And so I started Well Damn, the podcast, as mm -hmm. just a platform to have the conversation about how do you create a, a well damn good life, a life that feels authentic and rooted in well-being from the inside out and just speaking with people that have earned their piece to the puzzle uh, across the creative industry and sexuality and health and, and all that and that I would say is the official uh, <laughs> moment of oh this is the wellness journey and yes. then yeah that kind of just progressed forward into well, what it's I think it's so cool because I there are so many moments I think where people are doing one thing and then they're like uh oh this doesn't yeah. feel right anymore but I think that is an important like it really was part of the dream because it yeah. took you to that mm -hmm. point and then you could say oh okay something else like you know you learn things along yes. the way you kind of pick them up <laughs> and I think it's so interesting also that your story about you know um breaking your elbow or whatever happened with your elbow <laughs> is very reminiscent of what happened in 2020 which is everybody was forced yeah. to mm -hmm. stop and slow down and kind of reevaluate everything. And I've noticed there's even in our friend group and mm -hmm. just with people I know, even with myself, a lot of people have made changes and all for the better. They're always, yeah. it's always for the better. Even when you think you're like, oh shit, this is yeah. bad news. <laughs> it's always for the better. 
Yes, yes. No, I, I really couldn't agree more. And I was saying when the whole pandemic kicked off, I'm like, it's so funny because it feels like everyone else is arriving yeah. at my experience. In <laughs> You're like, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, this is quite, uh, um, this is my awakening part two, but now it's like, you know what to do. And I recognize at this time, less on a personal level, but on a collective level, this is our opportunity to ask ourselves what happens when the dream which could have been like the American dream or our mm-hmm, global dream yeah. of what we thought was working for all of us needs to be reevaluated. And what do, what new dream do you want to dream now? Yeah. Yes. And I think yes. it's it's so important that we stop. Like I feel like we're such a our our society and our culture is go, go, go and mm-hmm. and and dream, dream, dream. But then when you can't do that, mm-hmm. when you're stuck and you have to stop, yep. that's when you're like, do I even want this? Like yes, sometimes you're yes. like, mine can get hijacked by like you know, society and what mainstream success is and you're just achieving things. And then you're like, wait, you're achieving them just for achievement's sake. Right. Not for fulfillment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to somebody funny enough that was saying that their whole like lifelong dream was to, was to get a private jet. And then Mm. they were like, you know, I just realized I don't want a private jet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you've just been told you that you need you one thought, yeah exactly thought, like, my life would be easier if I had a private jet and then it's like you really think about it kind of like no that would be harder where do you even put a private you know it's like a whole thing so okay yeah. well we sorry we've been talking about wellness but I feel like it's so common terminology for us because we're from In LA, LA. <laughs> <laughs> so for, for our listeners who aren't in LA and that maybe aren't as familiar with the term wellness, like, is there a way that we can promote it or talk about it? That's kind of more accessible for people that, you know, don't live in our, in our culture, which is this next to an Erewhon. Yeah. Culture. <laughs> it's really funny. Cause you said wellness and I saw like a hair flip and a green juice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is a part of it, but yeah. It, it is, is there a way a that we can talk that. about it? That's like, I think accessible to everybody. Yeah. I, it frustrates being a part of it and in it and seeing it, it frustrates me because I am cognizant that well-being is not a luxury. And somehow when we talk about it, there's an air of like, we're talking about, oh, we have the luxury to have green juice. And are you on the keto diet? And are mm, you on the this yeah. or that? And we're overlooking right here in Los Angeles, food apartheid. The fact that in South Central Los Angeles, it would take someone having to get on a bus and another bus just to get organic produce, which starting from just the root of you being able to function as a human with food produce, if you can't access that, then what real chance of well-being do you have? So I think Mm -hmm. we have to move from discussing and sharing our notes on our wellness hacks and tips from a place of luxury because mm. it's again it's like talking about racism like I'm not a racist so like oh I'm not elitist when it comes to talking about my wellness but and if you actually thought about the things that you refer to when you talk about your well-being mm-hmm. how much of that stuff is things that you have the privilege to have mm. do you ever talk about the things that are for me and you Corinne obviously mental health do you talk about your mind with your friends and how's your how's your heart today how's your head today are you just comparing notes about your skincare are you just right. comparing notes about the latest class that you bought um and i think that's important is is for us to become aware of the privileges that we have when we speak about well-being and not use that to not have compassion for ourselves but to like i said come back to the internal and 
start sharing the things that we all have access to and empowering the people around us to do the same. Because I think if more of us talk about wellness in that sense, we can shift the conversation and then we'll be more aware of, of the people that don't have the access to that, the privilege to that. Because yeah. even if we're not talking about things we can buy, there's a lot of people on this planet who feel like their mental health or just taking time for themselves is a privilege because of their own circumstances. Right. And how can we be a blessing to them in some way, whether that's through an organization or contributing your time or just reaching out more often to help alleviate that. So I think that that's one of the ways that we can yeah. shift our, then, our mindset with wellness. This also brought me back when you were just speaking about how maybe that's another reason why the word self-care kind of triggers us is because it's sort of this like whitewashed capitalist, like not yeah. to throw it under the bus, but like goop, for example. I was just saying goop <laughs> yeah. in my mind. I was like, yeah. goop, summit. It gets- ticket. (laughs) Right. Where you're like, what? Like we've lost sight of the core. Like I need a thousand dollar Yoni egg to be well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let me get a thousand dollar Yoni egg. Thanks. It's like, what? Like, but I'm probably going to have a panic attack. Like, I think I should be worrying about my mind. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's gone from this sort of like, um, well-being as a human right and turned into this kind of odd. Exactly. Um, industry in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well-being is not a luxury, even though so much of what we participate in call wellness is a luxury. Mm -hmm. It is a basic human right. And we have to come back to that and really promote it as that. Yeah. Yeah, And I love that you acknowledged that, um, you know, even further than just like the products, but even having the time to take for your well-being is a privilege. Yes. I mean, I think about all the the single moms at home right now, their kids are home and even taking 15 minutes for a, a grounding meditation or something is it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And it's a luxury. And I think I love that you said just holding space for, you know, people that that even getting to that point is a luxury and then finding ways that we can help gift that to them mm-hmm. as much as we can, because mm-hmm. we, we are privileged to be mm-hmm. able, you know, to take the time that we do and the dedication that we do to our well-being for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just on a call with a wellness brand and they had mentioned that they had been a part of a summit and something that really stuck out to them was the resounding and and repeating question about how do I take time for myself? Mm -hmm. And one of the experts on a panel at the summit had said that what's really important before you jump on your next call or you're going to interact with a family member or your child or maybe it's a significant other, just say, I need 10 minutes or maybe it's five minutes, I need five minutes for myself. And after those five minutes, I will be my best self for you. Like it it, it just is so simple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so many of us are afraid to ask for it. But it's really hard to say no to someone asking for that little thing. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be willing to value ourselves enough to ask for the things we need to function and be able to show up as our best selves. And I think that's really important as well as coming back to that, the self-value before anything else. Yeah. And I think it it goes into that whole concept of you can't give from an empty cup. You know, you, your, mm-hmm. your cup has to be full for you to be able to, to give your gifts and your love and everything out exactly. else in the world. And so- yeah. It's hard though, setting those boundaries and, and putting yourself first and not feeling selfish. 
Yeah. That's a thing I think that yeah. and I have struggled with a lot. And I don't know, have you ever had that feeling sort of where it's like, oh, this sometimes or guilt, you feel guilt. guilty for, for taking a day all the time or taking work off. <laughs> all the time. I've realized over recent two years that something that I had not looked at that I guess I could say is part of my shadow is really knowing my value in relationship to others beyond what I can do for them or give to them. Mm. And so I've really had to (laughs) orient myself back to these people or this person still respects me and loves me, even if I cannot meet whatever their need or ask is or requirement, whether that be, can you do this meeting? Can you do this project? Can you answer the phone and be on a call with me to talk out whatever is going on in my life? Mm. Um, So I think that being able to do that was, it begins with me acknowledging that I probably don't know what my value is to people outside of what I can give them in terms of productivity or how I can show up. Gosh, (laughs) me and and Natalie's eyes are just like exploding because I- I, Oh no, does this resonate? Yeah, Yeah. because it's like, it is like so much of- of how I see myself in terms of relationships, friends, family, and and my, you know, boyfriend and stuff. It's like, okay, like my worth is like what I can give to them. What can I add to their lives? What can I, but it's like, just being yourself is enough. Yes. And like, and also that's so depleting for me to just, not that they're asking for that. I don't know where that comes from, but feeling like you constantly need to give, give, give Mm -hmm. or or be accessible. And um, it's funny you brought up uh, earlier about like just taking that, 10 minutes or or five minutes so that you can be your best self. I just started doing that with my boyfriend in between because now we work from home. So we're working from home and and he'll be here sometimes. And then we'll be like, okay, now it's dinner time. What are we doing? And I I just started this week taking 10 minutes in between and I go in my room and he sits in the living room and I just color or I listen to music. And then I come back out and I'm like, okay, I'm off my work mode now. (laughs) And now let's, now let's talk about dinner. But I feel like you're, it's hard to make that transition. Anyways, that was just something that I was just, I I wanted to bring up because you said it and I was like, I just started doing that. And you know, the other thing is so hard with, with doing stuff like that, because I think we haven't, it's hard to give yourself the permission to do it because you don't want them to think it's, or for example, just in my, my personal life, I've been really getting away from my phone more. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't want people to think that I'm not answering them because I am mad or don't, I just truly, it's stressing me out to be so accessible. Like, can I get an automatic reply message? on the iPhone that just sends out so everyone knows that I don't I love you so I want to bring back the aim member oh away message message. yes like and mine would be like I love you so much but I just am stressed out but yeah I think it's hard to because you you think of other people's perceptions like are they gonna think that Mm -hmm. I'm ignoring them or that I matter that I'm changing and are they uncomfortable (laughs) with it you know You go through so much. I'm evolving. Okay. Are they going to be mad? Yeah. But we go through so much just thinking about what other people will perceive instead of like what we actually need to be our best, our best selves. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that also comes from the fact that like, all three of us, we're all our own business owners and like kind of do our own things. And you actually call yourself multi-hyphenate. Multi-hyphenate, which we're stealing. Which uh, we loved. We, <laughs> we were like- We found that on your team. We're like, oh, we're stealing that. 
we're like, we loved it, but, um, I'm so glad you do because there was a moment, I think probably mid two thousands where everyone hated the multi-hyphenate, like I'm an actress, DJ model in Los Angeles. Oh yeah. And so I hear that voice kind of lingering in the back when I say that, but that's, that's not what I mean, but are you I'm here to empower channel? others to be oh, the multi-hyphenate that they want to be. Are you want out here? Oh. Yeah, sorry. I think it cut out for a second. But are you a are you a manifesting generator? Do you know your human? No, design? I am a generator. Okay. Oh, a generator. Uh, special. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very special. But no, I feel you, and I feel sometimes like really embarrassed by myself when people say, "Well, like, what what do you do?" And I'm like, "I'm an actor, producer, podcast host, I'm a writer," I and I just feel like a dick. Yeah. But um, but I'm but, same. I wait, wait, should I say creative? Just a creative. No, I feel like if I'm like creative director, a, a multi, I don't know. Yes. Anything with creative, I feel like immediately people are like, mm, interesting. That's like a guy having entrepreneur in his bio. Oh, unemployed. Yes. <laughs> AKA yes, unemployed. Yeah. But unemployed I mean, doing nothing. How did you, how did you decide that you could really do it all, that you didn't have to be this one thing? I know you were talking about, you know, the accident, but how do you find the energy and also just like the, the mental, I guess the mental space to do it all and allocate your time to different things. Like how do you balance it all? Wow. I never thought that I would be asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) Am I balancing Um, it all? I don't know. I feel a little extreme and manic most of the time. Mm, Um, Same. I think I'm I'm ready to accept that I can get manic when it comes to how I create and then I burn myself out. But I have read that mania is linked to entrepreneurship. So there is that. Um, That makes me feel slightly better. Again, it's just like the admitting like, hey, I know that I, this is the way I work. So it's been really about setting up the architecture to ensure that I don't, consistently get burnt out or I don't have this specific anxiety attack at the same time every (laughs) month like clockwork and really for me that's been using this Pomodoro method app which I he loves that Natalie Pomodoro oh my goodness I'm like where has this been because I'm one of those people that starts something and then just gets fully immersed and I could spend a whole day on it and I've done nothing else so with Pomodoro it's you know, in intervals of 20 minutes and you take a break and you come back and it just really makes me feel like I'm doing it all. (laughs) It feeds into that, like you're moving from this to this to this, but you're also giving all of the things that have been kind of funneling through your mind a little bit of your energy so that you have taken, you know, a stab at each thing and it's not just festering and causing you anxiety and you wake up every day after putting in your notes at night and you're like, oh, yet again, I didn't check that off. Mm, So Pomodoro method has really helped me in terms of like setting up the architecture so that I don't fall victim to my own way of being. (laughs) I know. Um, What else has helped? Do you take like little I, breaks like during the day? Like I know you have this concept of like joy dancing, which we yes, love. Yes. We just do that like intuitively, but I love that there's a term. That's a term that I do love, joy dancing. Joy dancing. Do you yes, joy do dancing that? is essential. Yes. So at some point in just staring into a screen and typing and sitting all day, I do make sure that I get up and joy dance to whatever song 
really resonates with me in the moment. And it also helps for me. I, I am a sensitive person, but I don't know that I am as in touch with my emotions as most other people are. So music really helps me to get in tune with that and really move through them. So I'll just choose a song that I feel is resonating with me and just dance through it, sing along to it. And for that duration of time, not only have you gotten your heart rate up and circulation, but you've mm. also, you know, set off, you know, messages to your brain and your body that this is a moment of joy and yeah and you get yeah when it's like a really good do you have a favorite song right now that you that you've been like joy dancing to joy dancing to (laughs) oh I don't know that I have a favorite but I've been really really into just disco music it just feels like oh that is so Natalie (laughs) lots of disco and psych rock um I really love yeah that there's like a whole specific playlist and I'm so sorry are you hearing all those notifications no No. we don't hear anything okay that's weird (laughs) I, I got a new laptop and I keep turning off messages and it keeps on I know. I did the yeah, same thing okay. over here. Yeah. yeah. Um, Don't worry about it. <laughs> disco music and the psychedelia playlist on Spotify. Psychedelia. I'm going to check yeah. I, You know what? I Just two days ago, I was doing a little joy dance moment and I put on... Um, NSYNC's like, what was it? Celebrity album? Yes. Oh, like, no. Okay. Oh, yeah. That one song, Celebrity. If I wasn't a celebrity, yes, you be okay. I was <laughs> randomly singing those lyrics in the kitchen just a day ago. I'm like, oh my whoa! God. <laughs> yes, I was listening to that album, and it just like it put me in such a good mood to like remember it and just dance around. And it totally yeah. like it does again, another buzzword that, ugh, but raised my vibration well it floods you with endorphins for sure like you get in a buzzword (laughs) yes it's like another buzzy thing but it really does make you like a higher vibe happier it does okay so joy dancing is one of your like wellness and you post on your you post it on your stories which I love because I feel like it's something that I do that I didn't know other people did until I saw you post it on your Instagram. And I was like, wow, this is a thing. But okay. So if joy dancing is one of your wellness practices, what are like two other ones or what are your top three, like wellness? Like day to day. You got to do this. You don't need to go buy a $40, you know, Yoni egg or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's interesting because I feel like my concept of well-being has really shifted to focus on, like I mentioned before, the architecture. And it's really just setting up. I'm someone that loves freedom and I just want to be able to create whatever I want to create and start this project and open 25 different windows. So Mm -hmm. I have found that the best thing for my well-being is setting some type of playpen for all this creativity and just making sure that I affirm to myself that I matter from Mm. the start of my day. And for me, that's for the first hour, it's only time for me to self-invest. And that's meditation, that's journaling, that's making a to-do list of things that I want to accomplish today or my intentions. Um, Maybe it's some stretching, but the first hour of the day, 100% has to be devoted to me, myself and I. And I like to say that my structure for the day goes from me to we to us. Yeah. So me, it starts off with like, okay, so what is, okay, back, we've woken up, 
who's Morgan Lindsay? What does she want? What's the intention? And then we go to we, which is, I figured it out. It's me now and we, there we go. Me now we, me now we, we, me now we. I was like something because we and us are the same thing. So me <laughs> is okay. Who am I as a person? What is my purpose? What it, was my intention? And what do I need to fill up? So again, mental health, meditation, movement, journaling, writing your intentions out or your to-do list. I'm a big fan of that versus digital. And then now is like what feels immediate? What is the work that you have um, to do that mm-hmm. involves other people that's on a timeline? Uh, and then it moves into we. And that's really where I like to do the collaborative projects with something that I'm building with the community or fun. And that's always towards the latter part of the day, which I think is nice to kind of decompress and move into that work because mm-hmm. you're not thinking about the other immediate stuff. So yes, well, there's that same concept where you filled your own glass. Yeah, exactly. And then you can pour it out. Can I, can I also gas you up for a second? Cause you did something when we were booking this uh, meeting that I me and Natalie probably need to do more of is when we were setting a time, you said, can I push it 30 minutes because I need to eat? And I was like, <laughs> yes. Oh my, like I'm somebody who would totally ignore my hunger cues or like think, start dying. I'd be like, Oh, uh, they, that's the time they want me to do it. I'm just going to be starving. And I loved that you asked, you're like this, you know, I need to prioritize eating during this time. Can we push it 30 minutes? And I was just like, I took that. Cause I had literally just booked a meeting with somebody else <laughs> at my lunchtime. And I was like, I'm too scared to tell them that I want to, I want to have lunch. Um, so, but anyways, I think that's something also maybe you're not conscious of to see that you're prioritizing eating as an entrepreneur. Maybe people don't understand it is you have to actually set times yes. to eat. Yeah. <laughs> the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur is taking care of yourself. Yeah. So and hard. I appreciate that because it definitely was a moment for me to, to practice. And again, this is probably because I've been going through some gut issues there. The universe is like, hello, Morgan, you need to pay attention to this. So I am doing my part to be intuitive and aware of of that and use it as fuel for me to put these things into practice and say, okay, so my body wants my attention and wants me to start caring about my digestion and eating. (laughs) So let me articulate that in the real world and (laughs) ask, Hey, can we have some extra time so I can eat? And I'm a whole person when we connect. So, yeah. And also I'm going to just throw that props back to you because your personality and how you communicate created a safe space for me to be able to do that. So I think the other part to well-being to go back to the beginning of our conversation, how do we create a greater sense of that that has nothing to do with money is cultivating the space for people to feel like they can have their wellness. Yeah. Wow. Because I think if you were, I don't know, like someone, anyone else who was like super aggressive about, okay, well, we need to do this. And so-and-so is going to be on this meeting and this is what we have, or else we have Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, then I would have been like, okay. I'll just shrink and yeah, that's fine. I'll just do it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like because we just speak the same language, you said that yeah. and I was just like, whoa, of course, like, yes. and I need to start doing what she's doing. <laughs> so yeah, I think we were definitely on the same wavelength, but I mean, we could literally talk, I could talk to, you. to you for six more hours. I, this is what happened when I went on her podcast. Well, damn, I was like, <laughs> um, we could really talk for like three more hours right now. So we'll definitely have to have you back on for sure but and also we have a conversation on your podcast well damn as well so yes check it out up on apple Podcasts, spotify very very soon that's part of my 
like backlog of things that I need to do. (laughs) For sure. Well, thank you so, so much for your time. And we will link to all the incredible things you're doing in our show notes. Yeah. Thank you ladies so much for having me. This is such a joy and and really has been an act of wellness and self-investment just to connect. Yes. We're going to have, we're going to do this more. Yes. And then also when when the world opens up, we'll come uh, do some of the wild nights in. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. On your, on all your socials and everything. Yes. I would love that. I am starting to think that if this pandemic continues, I will be fully socially awkward. (laughs) I was thinking about that today. I have anxiety thinking about having to interact with people again because I'm like, I'm going to not know how to talk. I know. And like Corinne's my best friend in the whole world. And even today, I haven't seen you for a month. Yeah, we haven't seen each other for a month. I feel like I don't want to interact with her. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, Natalie. That has been happening to me with so many people. I'm like, this is this is concerning. I don't know how to people. I don't either. I don't either. It's worrying for sure. But. We'll 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 get together so we can test run it. Yes. Before yes. you know, we'll do robots together. <laughs> okay. Have a great right. day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. 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 Okay, well, we hope that you guys have a better sense of how to incorporate wellness into your own life and you feel less intimidated about adopting new wellness practices. And again, make sure to check out Morgan's podcast, Well Damn, for more of her, you know, wellness, well-being tips and tricks. Yes. And conversations. Yes, she's got so many great uh tips and that can be accessible to everybody. Yes. And that's important. So important. I think like was the takeaway from our conversation. Yes. But shall we circle back on this wine? Absolutely. Let's circle back on What is it? A Riesling? It was a 2019 Riesling that I got at the uh, just regular old grocery store. We can link it in the show notes. We will be linking it in the show notes as Chateau St. Michel. Chateau St. Michel. Chateau Saint Would you like to introduce our hottie? Oh, yeah. You know, it's actually surprising that she hasn't been a hottie of the week. Yeah, I know. I when mean, we did it, I was like, she hasn't been. Yet? I know it's it's honestly shocking, but she also does give kind of like Morgan vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, both gorgeous, both beautiful, both woke. It's Zendaya. It's Zendaya. Ah, oh, she's so cool. Or Zendaya, or whatever her name is. Zendaya, Zendaya. She's just six feet of pure oh, goddess. Oh yeah. Well, I I will say that I went to the the Met Ball. Uh huh. And uh, me and Zendaya were at the same table because you get you are sat by designers. So we were both with Dolce and Gabbana. I was so I was in line with her, and you can't bring anybody with you. You're you're ass alone at the Met Ball. So she's I didn't ass, know that. Oh yeah, she's ass alone. I'm ass alone, and so I'm trying to make a small talk with her, and I go. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> what's it like up there? I, I'm not kidding. I literally go, Hey, um, you're really tall. And she was like, Yeah. And I was like, Whoa. And she was like, Mm hmm. No. Then, and uh, that was the extent of our conversation. And that was that. I did get a photo with her, though, that we can put on we the. Should put that, I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, I have a little selfie with her. Oh, I don't know. Oh, she, no, I remember that. I don't know if she's thrilled uh, thrilled with our conversation, but yeah, that was the extent But of hey, our you had your moment. You had your moment. Okay, nonetheless, we're reading the reason. <laughs> Yes, one to Zendaya. Zendaya, Zendaya. Zendaya. Okay, so I'm just going to take another sip of this. I like that. I like it, too. I really like that. It is really sweet. I will say that. Mm, I love it. 
Honestly. What's your rating? I already know mine. Really? It's it's a hefty one. Okay, we'll say at the same time. I think it's the same. One, one two, two, three, nine. nine. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's a it's, it's a, a nine. It's a nine. It's real solid. It's a solid choice. Yeah, and it's so cool. That it's it's available at a grocery store. Yeah, I think it it was not very expensive at all. <gasps> okay. So, cool. Hey, hey, okay. Hey, so hey. we'll link it in our show notes if you want some of this riesling. Yes. Nine out of Zendaya. <laughs> At a fucking Zendaya? Uh, it's a big one. It's a big one. I mean, she's a goddess. She is. But really, hey, this is a great wine, so. <laughs> okay, this is the time of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game just to decompress. And today we're playing actually a new one. Natalie. We have a new game. Yeah, Natalie, do you want to give them the pitch? I'll give them the pitch. So basically we were thinking about a new game to play, and I said, you know what? I do this, I say this a lot with a lot of things, and that is that I'll I'll just say citizens arrest on blank. Yeah. Just things that you just, you don't like them, mm-hmm. and think you think that they need to be arrested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've said that for several, for all the, for always, and yes. I just feel like it should be a game. I, I am in full support, even though I struggled with who to give my citizens arrest on, but I, I feel confident about so it So here's now. the thing about citizens arrest. It doesn't even have to be a person. It could be a thing. It, it could be, be a thing. So okay, for a example, I'll tell you my citizens arrest right now because okay. it's not a person. Banana strings. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, God, I hate Citizens those. arrest on banana strings. What the fuck <laughs> are those? I don't want them on my banana. How come we've genetically engineered everything and we can't make bananas without the weird little strings? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. You know, even apes in videos of apes, they take them off. Not one, he- not one organism on this edible. planet. Ugh, ugh, I don't want to know. I don't even want to know. Citizens arrest on banana strings. Okay, that's a great citizen. My, mine's pretty generic, and I'm just getting used to this this game. So, it's a new game. So hold space for me. But my citizens arrest was on bicyclists. Oh, and, citizens arrest on bicyclists. I, you know, I understand it's a sport, and you, you want to get your exercise in. Mm-mm. But if I'm trying to make a right turn, Mm-mm. and you pop up on me, Mm-mm. we're going to have a situation. Mm-mm. So no. citizens arrest on anyone riding a bike, especially if it's two people who have decided to go on a bike ride together. <gasps> Don't even get me fucking. Started. It's a citizen's arrest for me, which I think is a common sentiment about bicyclists, but yes. I, 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 that's my first one for sure. Also, like, I don't even care about arresting them because it's a it's a death wish. Right. Being yeah. on a bicycle, like, I see people on Santa Monica Boulevard just, like, in traffic on bicycles. Mm-mm. And I think... Citizens arrest on you, sir. Mm-hmm. Citizens arrest, and they try to—they try to give you signals with their hands. No, no, I'm not picking up what you're putting. Down. No, and you're just making me nervous because <laughs> I don't want to clip you with my goddamn rearview mirror or whatever, <laughs> my side mirrors. Very afraid of that. Uh, okay, so that was our—that was our first citizen's, citizens arrest, arrest. which um, we'll put it in the in the polls and our Instagram stories today. If you guys also agree with us, yes, on citizens arrest, or tell us some of your citizens oh, arrest. Yeah, tell us your citizens arrest. I'd love to know. Yes. Okay. Well. Well. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, and don't yes. forget to subscribe, con- subscribe, rate, review, rate and review us, and send send to your friends. Send to your friends. It really helps us grow, yes. and we want to grow. We want to share this info with more people, and you guys can help us do it. So thank you, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.